This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we have another exciting episode filled with educational and entertaining information on rocks, minerals, fossils, and rocks all around the world. And to give you a taste of what's coming up, we've got fossil stories about new lizards, giant fish, um, we're going to give an update on the Mars uh, rover. We are going to talk about a new pink mineral that was discovered in Slovakia. We're going to take a closer look at the gemstones, becoming familiar with the characteristics, um, because this can go a long way in unlocking the gem's full potential. We're going to talk about the special effects of gemstones, some of the characteristics that you might want to look for that can make for some spectacular gemstones and jewelry. We're going to talk about some Texas gems. In particular, we're going to talk about the Concho Pearl, which is found only in Texas. Very interesting story and more. So, Folks, I want to thank you for tuning in, for supporting our channel, for going to our website, RadicalRocks.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. You can join all of our social media or any of it that you want. Get connected with thousands and thousands of other rock hounds around the globe. Um, also, we have our videos on YouTube. There's a link to that and our blogs and so much more. Um, we do have products there you can look at as well. So all kinds of things going on in the Radical Rocks community that you could be a part of. We're giving back and trying to keep rock hounding alive. So your support, just being here, subscribing, liking, and sharing is really all we ask for. Um, and that helps us to continue giving back to rocks and minerals. So let's get right into it. Um, the Perseverance rover lands on Mars this week. Um, the article I found on uh, France24.com, and you can see it. It says uh, Perseverance rover lands on Mars this week. Pretty exciting. The article came out on uh, the 16th, and they're saying that it's going to land on Thursday, or it's going to be going into the atmosphere and touch down on Mars on Thursday. Um, and when they do, they're going to be going there to look at rocks, uh, microbial life. In fact, that is their main uh, focus of this exploration is to land on Mars with this six-wheeled vehicle that was built in their jet propulsion laboratory. It weighs a ton, literally it weighs a ton. It has a robotic arm. It's seven feet long or two meters long. They've got 19 cameras on this baby, two microphones, and they're ready to record the Martian soundscape for us so we can see what that sounds like. Also, it's going to be one of only the fifth successful rovers to land and make the journey since 1997. And um, they are looking for signs of life. Signs of life, uh, not that they're going to find creatures roaming around, but they're going to be looking for microbial life. They're going to be looking for microscopic creatures and animals that uh, might have survived in a watery surface or uh, a wet atmosphere. Mars is very similar to Earth in a lot of ways, they say, because they believe it did have an atmosphere. There is evidence that there was lakes and rivers, but uh, very uh, inhospitable environment. But yet, these inhospitable environments are ones that are not too far unlike what we know here on Earth and capable of 
sustaining some form of life, according to these scientists. So they're going to get these samples and do these studies looking for organic molecules, other signs of microbial life. Uh, if they find this, uh, they will be very, very excited. And what they are going to do is they want to fly for the first time a powered aircraft like a helicopter dubbed the Ingenuity and that will assist in um in the uh in flying around in this atmosphere that is just 1% of the density of earth's uh atmosphere and that will give them information on the atmosphere how to enter it safely with humans and develop a system that can convert possibly oxygen from Mars's primarily carbon dioxide atmosphere, much like a plant. So they want to utilize any of the minerals that are in here uh, using a process called electrolysis to use this um, uh, carbon dioxide to produ produce about 10 grams of oxygen per hour. They're spending a ton of money uh, $3 million on the rover, and the whole mission is looking like up $2.4 billion to spend on Mars. Really incredible, uh, interesting, and intriguing. So next, um, I want to talk about a new mineral that was discovered. This is a pink mineral, a very rare, um, it's actually not a brand new mineral, but it's a rare mineral, it's a new discovery, a new location, and it comes from the roselite family. It has a white, almost pinkish coloration, and in the Solvec uh, Spectator, uh, at uh, spectator.sme.sk, you can look up this article entitled, Rare Mineral Discovered in Eastern Slovak Slovakia. And this is a small sample. They have a picture here, and they have discovered it. It is kind of whitish but pink. It has a little mixture of cobalt that gives it this light pink hue. This was uh, announced beginning uh, February 2021, this month, at the Commissions on New Minerals and it was classified as the 23rd mineral found in Solvec soil. And um, a little bit more about this mineral. It was named after an ore-rich location. This is found in the Slovensky or Slovenskaya. It's S-L-O-V-E-N-S-K-E -E with a little hyphen on top of the E. Road. Rodhori Mountains, and that's R-U-D-O-H-O-R-E-I-E, -E, rather, and it belongs to a family of rare arsenic minerals. These are located in ore veins, and there is mounds of rock containing ore that this represents a significant accumulation of nickel and cobalt, and they have found this here, this mineral, and discovered it. Um, it is beautiful. The Rare Earth Institute also confirmed the nature of the mineral through a chemical analysis with an electron microanalyzer in a detached geographical, uh, geological rather, workspace. So pretty cool discovery there. 
One more discovery was an enormous ancient fish. This thing was discovered by accident. It was noted in ScienceDaily.com. Enormous ancient fish discovered by accident. A serendipitous discovery of fossilized bony lung reveals a massive ancient fish. This fish was as big as a great white. They found these bony plates... um, It was discovered by someone, excuse me, (coughs) who was hoping um, that these plates on this fish would identify it as uh, another animal, a coleocantha. They were hoping that it would be something like that, but it turns out... um, No, no, that's what it ended up being. It is a a colea... Colacidia fish that they believe is a ancient, ancient descendant. It was found in Morocco, and the people who found it, they gave uh, pictures and samples to to this professor Martil, and they identified it when they once sent a lung to them. That he also had an imprint of a lung, and he said, "You can have it," and he cut it out and he sent it to him. And they said, yes, this is a giant fish. It can it would grow to a maximum length of two meters, so some 20-something uh, feet, they said, as big as a great white as well. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, it is a new specimen. Another new find is in Australia, our friends in Australia, at eurekaalert.org on the 16th. There was a news release by Finders University that a new Australian fossilized lizard. This was a skink that they believe was related to the lizards of today, and it was found by Finders University and South Australian Museum paleontologists and volunteers at the fossil-rich site of Lake Pinapa, located at a uh, Frome Down station about seven hours' drive north of the capital of the city of Adelaide. So this here is a brand new um, specimen. It wasn't huge. Um, They found about 20 individual bones, and it's helping them understand what kind of creatures um, were there millions of years ago. It was a tiny... um, a tiny little creature. They found some fish and other things. You can read this article if you want to know more about these skinks and these discoveries and how they are helping them understand the ancient, um, the ancient uh, past of Australia and lizards and such. Now, a Texas gym. I bumped into an article from taylorpaper.com on a Texas gym by Ann Bush. Uh, She put it out on February the 15th, and I thought, okay, you know, I just talked about some Texas gyms, but, uh, you know, this could be interesting. Let's check it out. So it goes on to talk about, in Texas, there's an area called the Concho River near Glasscock County line. It flows southeast for about 88 miles, and its tributaries are the North, Middle, and South Conchos River. They meet at San Angelo State Park and eventually flow into the Colorado River. Now, this area was named by the Spanish in the 15th century. 
So America has some history. It goes more, much further back than a couple hundred years. And Concho River actually means river of shells in Spanish. There's at least 12 varieties of freshwater uh, mussels and clams that live in this area from tiny little um, creatures to the larger mussels, which actually produce a beautiful pearl called the Concho Pearl. Now, early on when these were discovered, they were harvested almost to their extinction. Um, just crazy, you know, because they were just so beautiful. And they had to open so many of these mussels to just to find one. They're very rare. Um, they have a reputation of being a symbol of royalty and wealth. And the lakes and rivers around San Angelo are the only place in the world where these unique freshwater pearls are found. This secures their value for hundreds of years. Native Americans in the areas, uh, Native Americans ate the, per ate the, the mussels and uh, mostly threw away the pearls. And the Spanish found these and uh, they are even on the Spanish crown jewels, which include these concho pearls, which were held at great, great value. The color is beautiful, light pink to a dark purple. They size from a spherical shape to kind of a globular um, thing. And in some cases, these uh, look like a scoops or half scoops of melted ice cream. Now, so they're not they're not perfectly shaped. So because of this, um, many people who find them and collect them and use them for jewelry will shape them and polish them. And uh, you've got to be careful. There is uh, they're very protected. I think you have to have a license or certificate to go get these. Um, there are fakes that are out there. So most likely, if you want to obtain these, you need to go to a reputable dealer. But uh, less than 10% of the muscles, uh, the muscles that are harvested today include a pearl, and most of them are just slightly bigger than a grain of rice. So it would take thousands of muscles uh, just to find one decent one. And in the 70s and 80s, they over-harvest and almost brought them to extinction. So now a permit is required for pearl hunting in Texas uh, with very few permits being handed out. So, um, yeah, this is pretty cool. Now, some of the other minerals that are in Texas that are quite famous is topaz. That is the official state of or uh, state gem of Texas. Very rare, usually colorless to pale blue. Uh, Texas topazes can go to yellow, pale gray, reddish orange and sometimes pink, depending on the impurities of the rock, um, and they are quite nice. If you want to hunt for topaz, you will need to call the Mason Chamber of Commerce. You can call them at 325-347-5758, or you can go to their website, www.masontxco.com. OC.com and they have information there. If you just want to buy some of these things, they have uh, information on Blue Topaz and they have collectibles and a store. You can go to their website www.masoncountycollectibles.com. 
Now, other minerals that are in Texas, we talked about just last week. Uh, I believe it was last week. We talked about chalcedony and crystalline quartz and Texas agate, which is red and black, found in Brewster County near the town of Alpine, um, where there is beautiful plume there. The most popular agates uh, can be found in uh, Texas belt buckles, bracelets, and jewelry. Also, jasper they have. Um, all over, which is red, green, yellow, brown. You can find this in mostly in the western central counties of San Saba and McCulloch and the northern panhandle of Moore County um, and such. Opal, there's opal in Texas, um, not a lot, but there is some opal with white that sparkles and with movement and um, can contain up to 10% water, has colors including purple, pink, blue, and green that uh, sparkle in there. And uh, they actually have some pretty decent deposits near the Gulf of Texas and have found some fossilized wood structures with some opalization occurring in them that sold for quite a bit of money. And there's even some stories of some pieces selling for up to $50,000 back in 1983. Amber is also found in Texas, and um, you got to be careful. It's very brittle. Um, it is a soft a mineral from that of uh, tree sap. goes from a rich brown to a goldenish yellow found near Eagle Pass, Maverick County, um, and also um, in Caricious Coal Strain found in Telingia Creek in Brewster County. So if you go and you want to dig, you can go to the website at uh, www.tpwd.texas.gov and find out more about these, or you can go to uh, geologypage.com uh, or www.rockseeker.com. So the, that's all the um, links that the article had so that you can increase your chances for finding these Texas gemstones. Now, a little bit more about this uh, natural concho uh, pearls. If you want to find out about that, there's actually an article on rockandgem.com. Just look up natural concho pearls, and it was written back in March 3rd of uh, 2019. And um, it's an endangered Texas gem, and you can see some beautiful pictures of some finished freshwater pearls here. Quite spectacular, quite impressive. Um, they give a story here uh, about where these can be found, uh, people who have gone and dug them up. And to be extremely careful because some of these stones uh, that are sold at gym shows are really not concho pearls. They're from China. So you want to make sure you have an authentic um, concho should you be paying that top dollar. Also, the shells are quite beautiful as well and would be a wonderful thing to have in your collection if you like Texas rocks, minerals, and um, now pearls, right? So pretty cool. They talk about how they cut them, how they grind them, how they grade them. Um, it's a very good article, how to store them. Um, and how to present them. So this is a really good article. It goes into depth. You will want to look that up if you are excited about natural concho pearls from Texas. Now, for our final two conversations, I want to give credit to the um, Fire Mountain Gems 
website, firemountaingyms.com. By the way, we're not receiving any um, uh, sponsorships for any of these um, that I'm telling you about. We're not recommending that you know you go there, you don't go there. We're just sharing the information that we found because it is educational, and I have deemed it to be um, of good accuracy to, enough to share with you. But do your own research. This article was emailed to me with a slew of articles, because uh, I'm on their email list. I recommend you get on there, too. Jewelry Making Articles, A Closer Look at Gemstones by Rachel Stanley. Um, and this is uh, their article, but it does go into some good points that we've talked about many times before. And uh, we can go over them again. But if you want to have some great gemstones and you want to know how to use them, what to use them with, and just really use them for their best, highest potential... Um, it's good to know what the properties are. For example, they talk about the Mohs hardness and talking about how, you know, the harder it is from one to 10, um, your fingernail being uh, about a two, uh, they talk about a dime being three and a half. I don't know about that, but I know a copper penny, um, from 1980 or before is uh, a good indicator of three, I think, or I forget now, but, and then glass is six. Um, also pocket knife is about five and a half or so. So, and diamond is 10. So these things can help you know what the hardness is. If you match up stones that are going to be touching each other, um, you want to make sure that you don't have a real hard stone next to a soft stone unless you put some sort of a cushion between it because, of course, one will wear out the other when you're doing beading and things like that. Uh, it's something to consider. Very soft stones, you would want them to probably be protected with a hardener or something like that. And they give some examples of just picking out the hard stones for wear. Uh, if you're going to use like a fluorite or something, realize that's going to wear down. Uh, if you're going to use a turquoise, realize that that's a softer material and it could crack um, and it needs to be worn carefully by the wearer. It might not be something to wear in a ring for day-to-day -day work or if you're working harder, it would be something you would kind of wear on special occasions. But if you want to wear something every day, then you could go with a quartz or an agate or something like that harder or other gemstones like corundum or such, okay? Um, if they're in settings, you have to be aware of the settings as well. So hardness really helps you understand what minerals are good for what uses, okay? Now, cleavage and fracturing are also very important. Um, when they break, they cleave or fracture a certain way, um, or they could cleave and fracture both at one time. They can break parallel or hacky or with fibers or um, snap clean in half, um, every different way. And that tells you the way they are bonded by their atoms and uh, like if you have something that chips like glass you know like a kind of a con concurved thing um, you know that that is something that can get fractured and will be chipped very hard like emeralds for example um, you need to know how their um, 
how they are structured because when you cut them, you they chip very easy. I talked about emeralds just last week and how they chipped. You have to be very careful when you are mounting them because they can chip very easily. So round shapes um, you have to be careful with. A lot of times you'll see square shapes and rectangle shapes with, uh, with emeralds and typically... Um, you know, historically, the larger ones were a lot easier to cut, but they're they're big. They chip easy, too, so you have to be very careful with them when you are cutting them, when you are grinding them, and um, such. Now, luster is something else. You want to know that luster is very important when you're designing because um, the way the light reflects and when you use it with other stones. Um, it could be repressed or uh, it could be accentuated or it could be highlighted depending on what other gems and jewels you use around it or is it going to stand on its own. Um, so it's something to think about the luster. If it is dull or resinous like a amber, is it metallic like a pyrite? Is it sparkly? Does it have this ability to play on light? Um, will it just reflect? Um, is it a deep color or a sparkly color does it uh, have other characteristics that you know you want a raw maybe grainy you know coral perhaps or what have you so all of these things go into play on how you will design your jewelry and what kind of a look you are looking for i think that's important to remind ourselves of when we are working with jewels now another article that they had um here that they emailed me and shared is a wonderful article from Fire Mountain Gems and Beads on jewel, on uh, special effects in jewelry making materials. This was by ba Barbara Van Look, and um, she wrote it for the Fire Mountain Gems and Beads. And we've talked about these things many times before, but again, this helps me to remember um, these points and share them with you. Now, different characteristics and effects of the gemstone, these would go in kind of really with the last topics we've talked about. Let's say you want a cat's eye. Um, the, um, the cat's eye is, uh, is an effect where the stone appears to have a, a shine down the middle that when you turn it, it's kind of reflect, refractive of the light. And it occurs in certain gemstones, um, such as tiger's eye and other things. It's very beautiful in tourmaline and quite rare and collectible. But when you're putting your gemstones together, you know, is this going to stand alone on its own? Um, or is it going to be with other gemstones? Typically, these gemstones that have a special effect, you really want them to kind of stand on their own. You, you want to make sure that you're only highlighting them when you set them in a piece of jewelry. Um, you don't want other things that would take away from it. Now, in the case where you're going to use some very affordable um, tiger's eye and just you know, do a, a strand of beads, you will have that repetitive effect of the cat's eye and the iridescence of it moving around by having multiple ones. But for a spectacular um, cat's eye or tiger's eye effect, you might want to set that piece by itself. So all these things need to be taken in consideration. Some of the things that have the uh, cationic 
properties of a cat's eye is appetite, uh, cat's eye quartz, burl, chrys- chrysoberl, um, fiber optic uh, glass, which is called cat's eye glass, rainbow obsidian, tiger eye or tiger iron, tourmaline, and sometimes white peach and gray moonstone can have this. And if you go to their website, I'm sure they would be glad to sell you um, all these items. Now, another effect is the ant. Uh, astrum, which is star. Astrum is derived from a Greek word for star. Uh, we looked that up on Wikipedia before. It has a beautiful star. The best ones have six points. Some are only four, um, but the best of them have six points. And that star is by these inclusions of rutilated fibers that uh, form in rutilated quartz and create this star that glows on the face of a gemstone. Typically, we think of this as a star sapphire or a um, star ruby. Those are very desirable. But you can also find this on chrysoberyl, corundum, um, rubies and sapphires, as we said, dopsite, garnet, star garnets are quite beautiful. Moonstone, it can happen. It's rare, but it does happen. And spinel. Now, some other effects that are on gemstones are the iridescent um, characteristics. Iridescent, such as uh, labrodescence and uh, uh, Schiller uh, effect, is from the Greek word rainbow. It is an optical effect where the surface appears to change colors as you move the angle of the stone in your hand, and it creates a beautiful a uh, spot like oil slicks or in a parking lot or soap bubbles in the sunlight that you see that creates the reflections and spectrums of these light layers that bounce between the layers of the material. Um, this, In this case, it's the material of the minerals and the rocks, and it is beautiful. You can see this on abalone shale, um, on peacock feathers, ravens, and some rooster tails. You can see uh, you can see an iridescent effect in fire agate. That works a little differently, but uh, also labradite, uh, rainbow moonstone, mother of pearl, um, uh, puka shell, pearls, rainbow obsidian, sunstone, and other stones. Now, another wonderful characteristics is opalescence. Opalescence is uh, named after the gemstone which really has these properties, opal. Um, the patterns in the stone are opalescence to iridesc- uh, iridescent, and these are uh, created and enhanced by the refractions of light within the stone and uh, around the inside, which create these rainbow colors. You can find this in agate, um, quartz, rain- rainbow moonstone, opal, um, op- uh, Gitson opal cabochons and other types of cabochons that they have available there if you want to look at that. But opalescence also uh, can be these milky um, opal without fire, but uh, it does seem to kind of glow a little bit. It may not sparkle these different colors like when we think of opal, we think of fire opal, but opalescence is that the rock itself is glowing a bit sometimes. It's not always going to give you the fire unless it's a fire opal. So I hope you enjoyed today's Radical Rocks. Uh, That's about all I have for you. Again, we ask that you like, share, comment, uh, give us, you know, thumbs up, five stars, whatever. 
and uh, come join our different um, social medias and such. Go to our RadicalRocks.com website. Put your email in there. We don't share it with anyone. I will keep you up to date. Uh, very, I send out very few emails, but occasionally I have a private rock sale, which is only seen to my special members who've given me my emails there. And uh, this is typically done through Facebook Live, and you can get some really great deals on rocks, minerals, and gems if that's something you're interested in. So thank you for tuning in. Remember, rock hounds don't die. They petrify.